All right, let's go ahead and find our seat. Good opportunity to upgrade friendships when uh, something like that happens. You can sit next to someone else. It's cool. I was supposed to show a photograph of the Gunton family who are in New Zealand. And I forgot to do that. Girls, can you pull that slide up for me? They are literally traversing the South Island of New Zealand. And uh, this is the Gunton family, or at least several of them, I should say. Uh, Tim and Jane and Sammy and Levi and, 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 and Shiloh are there. And, 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 and Jamie is there as well. I didn't realize that. Hi, Jamie, if you're watching. Uh, really exciting. It kind of reminds me of that old song uh, that I like to sing. And no matter how far or how wide I roam, I still call New Zealand, New Zealand. We're praying for the Gutton family as they uh, just have a great time over there. And so let's get to the word. Um, we're in the middle of a series uh, on the topic of vision. And so we started a couple of weeks ago. I want to continue with that series today because I just believe that vision is crucially important and vital for every single human life. It's not just for business people. It's not just for managers. It's not just for those who want to aspire to great things in life. It's certainly for every single person. Just a quick recap on where we've been, what we've done. We've spoken from the book of uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Some scriptures are going to come up on the slide to help me get through this. Thanks, team. Um, it says that every one of you has received an unique ability that's graciously given by God. Someone say, that's me. I've got a gift. I've got a gift. It's on my life. And I should use it intentionally and frequently to serve others, to be diligent and wise stewards of God's, God's multifaceted grace. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. I love that verse. It really helps me understand that every single person who calls Jesus Lord has got a gift of grace upon their life and it's supposed to be used in the service of other people. So from that, we derive four values. Number one, we value participation. It's more important than perfection or passivity. Just sit back and critique and let other people do it. Now get involved. Roll your sleeves up. Do something. Every single person can get involved and do something. Just shake your neighbor and say, that's you. He's talking about you. Our church values a can-do attitude. We value serving other people and we value wise stewardship. The gift and grace that's on our life is so important. Then we come to Proverbs chapter 29, which we shared on last week, that without a vision, people live aimless, purposeless, careless lives. They get into all kinds of strife because all kinds of strife because they miss out on the power, the power of vision, ongoing, unfolding, prophetic revelation of God's will and purpose for your life. You waste it. Every one of you this week, you spent your life this week. Are you happy with what you got in exchange for your spending of your life? And that's a really good, that's a really good question. Some of you are looking at me going, not really sure. Whenever I see it, I, I won't say that. That's something I don't need to say. That's wisdom right there. See, I'm growing. I want to talk to you today about writing the vision. We're going to come to the scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, if you've been around the Bible for a while, you'll know this verse. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And the Bible says that Habakkuk got a word from God. Got a word from God. Now, I want you to look at the screen. I want you to notice what the Scripture says. I want you to read it. I want to, I want to see if you get it before I give it to you. Because I promise I'm going to give it to you. But I'll see if you get it before I give it to you. You ready? What, what can you write? What can you see? What can you read on the screen? What, what's standing out to you? God. God answered, vision, write, read, run. Oh, I don't know. Oh, David, there's so much up there. 
Exactly right. Oh, you read it. It's in green. I kind of gave you a little trick, a little help out there. Someone needs to get this today because I came to preach to somebody. The answer to your problem is vision. You need to write that down. You need to write that down. The answer that you're looking for is vision. See, Pastor, you don't know my problem. No, but if you have a vision, you won't live carelessly, aimlessly, fruitlessly. When you've got a vision, you'll work your way beyond the current constriction and into a place of liberty and abundance. The answer, the answer is vision. God's solution to your current problem is fresh eyes and a fresh vision for you to see your way through and to see your way clear. It doesn't matter what your problem is right now. The answer, I'm going to stay calm. The answer is vision. When a person is clouded in and discouraged and desensitized by life's pressures, the first thing that goes is our joy and the second thing is our ability to see. Our vision is diminished, right? Our vision is diminished. And if Satan could steal one or two things off you, first he'd take off your joy, and then secondly, he'd rob you of your vision. And sometimes we give up on our vision because we don't see it come to pass as quickly as we would like. What does Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 say? Anybody? If the vision tarries, it's for an appointed time. Wait. Someone say wait. Now let's be honest. Who likes waiting? <laughs> I mean, if the lights don't change color, right? We're going, come on. If, if someone, you know, puts on their blinker and sort of comes out of the track and we're going, and we have the microwave generation that wants it here and wants it right now. But I'm here to tell you, whatever problem you're facing, the answer is vision. Well, let's talk about the scriptures. Is that right if we break open the scripture together? Number one, number one, writing the vision is the title of this message today. Writing the vision. Number one, before you write anything, you need to see something. And the reality is for some of us, all we can see is the problem. But you know what? Even if all you can see is the problem, write that down and describe what your problem is. Describe what your challenge is. Describe what opposition you're faced with. If you will begin to write something down, you begin to see not just what it is, but what is beyond it. I just, I just love the story of David in the Valley of Elah. You know, he goes out, he, he brings the cheeseburgers, right? He brings the cheeseburgers to the battle, yeah? And uh, he, he gets out there and then he listens. He listens. And all he hears is the taunts of that Philistine, right? He just hears the taunts and he's going, did, did anyone else hear what he said? Did you hear the way he's talking about our God? Is nobody here upset about that? And so David, he just begins to say, stop talking about the giant, right? When you read, when you read in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, when it catalogs all of the details, Colin, all the details about how big he was, how long his, the, 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 the beam of his staff was, and how heavy the, the, the weight of the, of the spearhead was, they had catalogued how heavy his arm was. How'd they know that? They're standing a valley away, and yet they're building up the size of the problem in their mind, right? They're, they're writing down their problem. Look how big this challenge is. If you begin to write down at least the problem, you'll be halfway towards where you need to get, right? But don't you love the spirit of that young man? 
He walks out of the valley that day, not with arrogance, but with absolute authority in his spirit. Knowing that he's been anointed by God and he's come into the kingdom at such a time as this. Just like you. Just like you. And he says, Goliath, would you please get out of the way? You're a hindrance to the battle that's on my diet for today. We're all looking at the giant. And he's looking past the giant into the army's camp. He's going, that big problem that you're all talking about, he's a snack. Let's just, let's just get that over and done with so we can get on to the real battle of the day, the real agenda of the day. And sometimes when you begin to write down your problem, you realize how actually small it is because it builds up like this in our brain, right? And so when you go to a psychiatrist, we Aussies very unkindly call psychiatrists shrinks. Why do we say that? Because you take this great big balloon of problem of ours and they compress it right down into something very small and very manageable going, actually, it's not the whole world, it's just this. And we go, here's $150, thank you for that. And I knew I should have chosen a different profession. <laughs> Take that great big problem and reduce it right down. Yeah? When you begin to write the vision, it's because you begin to see something. Do you have a vision for your marriage? Man, the amens are killing me here. Do you have a vision for your health? Do you, do you have a vision for your finance? Do you have a vision for your children? Do you have a vision for your education? I said, Pastor, I'm retired. So what? Enroll in study and continue to expand your mind. Write your vision because before you write something, you've got to talk to me. You've got to see something. Number two, you with me? Your outlook, number two, your outlook is determined by what you look out from. Stephen Covey, he says that we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. That's powerful, isn't it? That's insightful, isn't it? Our outlook is determined by what we look out from. Our perspective on the world dictates how we feel about the possibility and the moment that we're in. Now, what you see has got to depend on more than your natural eyes. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, He wants to give you a prophetic revelation, a prophetic vision of not just the way things are, but the way things could be. Can I get a witness from somebody this morning that that's God's heart to show you not just the way it is, any human can see it like that, but people who are homo spiritus, men and women of the spirit, they're able to see things more than just what the natural is. Remember the Old Testament prophet? And all around about the city, there's all these chariots and his, and his, and his servants coming up, knees knocking, you know, underpant changing. Uh, do you know the problem? You know the, the calamity we're faced with? And, and just... Father, would you just open that guy's eyes so he can actually see the real circumstance? Go out and look again. Go out and look again. He goes out and what does he see around about his enemies? Are the fiery chariots of God. And I pray, my prayer is that we would begin to see ourselves through his eyes and see our circumstances through his eyes. Greater is he that is in Greater is he that is in, greater is he that is in than anything I face in the world, right? What I look out from determines my outlook and I need to understand. I like this quote and it's there on the screen. Faith is daring your soul to go beyond what your eyes can see. I just love that. I've had that on my, on my office wall for many, many years. It's not there at the moment, but it's in my heart, you know. 
so it's, it's alive in me. Number three, number three, writing the vision. Number three, what you write needs to be written in plain and simple language that you can understand. Don't use big terms that are fancy. Don't try and sound important in your own journal. Just be messy. Just be you. Just write down the dream that's in your heart. The poorest man in a pencil can change the world if he just begins to write down what he begins to see as Holy Spirit begins to show him the possibilities of what lies before us. If you begin to write, because the answer is vision. The answer is vision. It's what you see. If all you see is what's in front of you, you need to get before God and say, God, help me to see it from a different perspective because all I can see right now is what's going on in the natural. And there's more that's happening than what's in the natural. If you've got a struggle, there's a weapon formed against you. But the good news is it doesn't have to prosper. You're supposed to prosper in Jesus' name. And yes, I'm going to stay calm. Number three, what you write, and you must write. Just elbow your neighbor and say, he wants you to write something. Go ahead, tell somebody, Eddie. Tell somebody. He wants you to write something. Number four, what you write needs to be thought through. In, in the scripture we're looking at today, it says, you are to, to write your vision down on tablets of stone. You know, most of us write down our vision on serviettes from McDonald's, right? And it's easy to do that, right? It's easy to sketch out, to scribble out something on the back of a notepad, back of an old envelope, right? But when you're going to pick up a chisel and a hammer, you've thought about it, right? Because it's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. And when you write your vision, you need to have thought through what it is. And that's why some people just go round and round and round and round and round. They haven't got 20 years of Christian experience. They've got one year repeated 20 times. Ouch. 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 That might be me. I don't want that. And when I've got a vision, I can head towards something, right? So if you've ever done orienteering, which I haven't, just wanted to put it out there. Just wanted to put it out there. I've, I've dabbled in origami, but that's as far as I've gotten into those dark arts. Uh, you choose an object in the far distance and you head towards that so you don't end up wandering around and wasting time, right? Something in the Bible about trusting the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him so that He'll make your path a circle. Something about that. No. There's a straight path. And when you've got vision, when you see where you're heading, right, you can make a beeline towards it. So think through, if I keep going in this direction, where will my marriage end up? Where will my mental health end up? Where will my finance head up? Where will my children head up? If I keep going down this path, where will my spiritual life end up? Hello? Am I preaching to anybody here today? Write it down. Make a few rough drafts. Give it to your wife to consider. Get ready for laughter. Give it to your husband to consider. Get ready for laughter. Share with some trusted friends. Share with a mentor or, or, or a colleague of person of faith. Some of us, some of us are yet to find a person who we can share our dreams with because our dreams seem too big, too unreal. And we're afraid to share them with somebody else in case they would suffocate and stifle. 
You know the easiest way to kill a little plant is when it's just germinating, right? That's the easiest time to kill it. When should you get rid of weeds? When they're small, not when they're six foot tall, taken over your lawn, over your yard, right? Just, just deal with those little things. And after the rain, that's a good time. Could be that Holy Spirit brings showers of refreshing so that he can pull weeds out of our life. That's for free. That wasn't on the notes. That's, George, that's for free. That's for free. Write the vision. Make rough drafts. Share it with people that can agree with you, come into a spirit of agreement with you and believe for that to be done in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen here? Number five, what you write will take effort. It won't come easy. It'll take time. It'll take energy. It'll take effort. It'll take humility. It'll take faith. It'll take diligence. Someone say diligence. Or just whatever, you know, just whatever comes, it's okay. Just relax. Just God's in control. He totally is, but he wants you to have dominion. He wants you to have authority. He wants you to end up somewhere on purpose. He wants you to have vision. He wants you to see what's possible, what's potential is there in your life, in your children's lives, in your marriage, in your finance, in your business. Write down the vision because the answer, Eddie, is vision. Number five, what you write will take effort. Number six, what you write is going to affect other people. Whatever you write affects other people. Sharon sometimes says to me a really unkind thing. Like, Hazel, this is true. I get home from work and she says to me, she says, what do you want for dinner? Like, how unkind is that? How totally unkind is that? Because if I say lamb roast, she, she might look at me and she says, how about quiche? You know, she doesn't mean that. And she's not here so I can have a go at her. And I'm pretty sure she won't watch the video either. So far, so good, Patrick. What you want to eat affects what others dine at at your table. If that's true in the natural, hello, hello, what you write is going to affect other people. Listen to it again. It says, the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets of stone so that the one who reads it can run with purpose. Other people are going to read what you've written. Your life is an example. That is scary. That is Hades scary, right? That's, that's bad news. If someone's looking for Jesus and all they can see is me, that's how your kids think about you. That's how your work colleagues think about you. So that's a Christian. Ouch. Ouch. So that's how a Christian behaves. So that's how a Christian responds. So you bash your hand with a hammer. And you're calling on the rabbi's name. Hello? What you write affects other people. Number six, what you write affects other people. Number seven, does what you've written produce energy? I just love that thought. I just love that thought. So that he who reads it will wander aimlessly. We'll take a stroll towards it. No, they'll be energized by what they've read and they will find a strong, ardent desire rising within them. Yesterday afternoon, I had a little success, a little victory with a small project I was working on in my shed. And I came inside and I said to Sharon, I said, I think I might go and lie down for a little snooze. She said, that's great, you should do that. So I went and lay down for a little snooze. It was wonderful. 
And then about 3.30, I came out, had my jeans on, socks on, sneakers in my hand. I was walking purposefully and she said, you've arisen with a purpose. I said, yeah, I'm going to have coffee with my friend Luca. I had a vision and there was energy there. Like before I took myself off, you know, because that's for Saturday, Sunday afternoons. You've got no kids. <laughs> Just telling you. But when you write it down, does it produce? So the written thing down was just a text message from my friend Lucas saying, let's get together for a coffee. Let's talk about that next series you want to preach. I'm going, it's written down. It's producing energy and I'm alive by it. It's powerful. Even the little simple things, if you've got a vision, you'll find a new level of energy to get going to where you need to go. If you're apathetic, it's because there's no vision. Where there's no vision, people live without purpose. They live without direction. They waste away because there's no clear vision. The answer, the, Shirley, the answer is vision. Write the vision down. Write it down for every area of your life. Health, finance, children, education, business, marriage. Your walk with God. I want to be closer to Jesus. Yeah, everyone who knows him says that. But what are you going to do about it? When you write down the vision, the next thing you're going to be doing is thinking about strategy. And if you come back next week, I'll probably talk to you about that. Is that all right? Father, I thank you for these lives. I thank you for the potential that's wrapped up in every single person. I thank you for the possibilities that are ours through Jesus Christ. You believe in us, Lord, even when we don't believe in ourselves. <coughs> and even when we don't believe in you. Even when we don't believe in your ability to change our circumstances, you still believe because you cannot deny yourself. You're a God of faith. You're rock solid. You're forever the truth. And I just thank you, Lord, that you've got wisdom and fresh vision, new insights for us as your family, as your sons and daughters, and as your servants. Father, may we have hearts spiritualized, to be opened and understanding, that we would truly reveal and, and revel, rather, in that tremendous, glorious hope, Lord, that is ours through Christ Jesus. Would you just enlighten us with your purpose and your plan and then hold our hand as we walk with courage, in spite of our fear, we walk with courage into the glorious future, that you have for our life. Father, I thank you. There's blessing upon every life and through every life, blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church of the Lord, bless you. Have a wonderful week. Go in God's peace. Go in God's love. If you've never said yes to Jesus, today's a great day to say yes to Jesus Christ. And if God's speaking with you, you won't be able to leave this building until you repent. So God bless you. Have a great day. Have a coffee. Go in God's love. Cue the music. Thanks, Emmanuel.